think the main challenge is equity, um, especially for the hybrid workplace. As you have half of the workforce, you know, who just works from home or remotely, and the other half in an HQ, uh, that creates a, a problem of equity between those who can be seen in the HQ and those who can't. And so it's it's been studied, especially by I think there was a great article by the CEO of, of Zillow around it um, that the remote workers are second class citizens very fast, and yeah. I think that's the main challenge that uh, companies will need to to face. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the Hacking HR podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about, well, what probably most people are talking about, which is this hybrid remote from the office or anything in between kind of approach to work. Uh, I see a lot of uh, HR professionals, HR leaders, and companies still struggling with finding what the right approach is, what the right balance is. And even when they make a determination about whether to work from the office or fully remote or in a hybrid approach, they're trying to find ways to replace what they miss if they choose one option versus the other. And we are going to have that conversation today with somebody who is fully immersed into this space. She is a city planner, an entrepreneur, working now at the intersection of the workplace, HR, providing uh, great spaces for people to work from, you know, basically anywhere. So Christelle, welcome to the show. I am excited about the conversation. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Enrique. Very excited well, to be here. Thank you so much for joining. And this, this conversation will continue, the conversation of the new models of working will, will continue to not only emerge, but gain steam as, as we see what happens with COVID, the demands from the workforce, when, as we see workplaces finding out that ha having a hybrid work approach provides not only flexibility, but makes it cheaper for them to operate as well. So this conversation will continue to exist. But let me begin by asking you, what do you think are the challenges that you envision down the road in terms of uh, having organizations that are working uh, on a more flexible hybrid space? What do you think they will be dealing with down the road? I think the main challenge is equity. Um, especially for the hybrid workplace, as you have half of the workforce, you know, who just works from home or remotely, and the other half in an HQ, uh, that creates a, a problem of equity between those who can be seen in the HQ and those who can't. And so it's, it's been studied, especially by, I think there was a great article by the CEO of, of Zillow around it, um, that the remote workers are second-class citizens very fast. Yeah. And I think that's the main challenge that uh, companies will need to, to face. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing that you bring up that, that topic because it shows that the determination about uh, where to work from, is, it's, it's more than that. There's gotta be a cultural, a cultural change in the organization to avoid exactly what you're saying uh, that could potentially happen. So what, how, how do we, how should HR leaders think about this going, HR and business leaders, how do you think they should be thinking about uh, uh, this hybrid work approach going forward? What would you recommend to them to keep in mind as they are preparing uh, you know, down, you know, for, for their organizations to be ready down the road? I think it's really about thinking through 
making sure that all the employees have the same level of access to productivity, uh, you know, a productive environment, uh, a quiet environment, um, and regardless of where they live and regardless of their preference yeah. of the workspace, right? And so you can't think about hybrid work as being just HQ versus home. It the, the way I think about it, and I think HR leaders should really think through it, is anywhere, anywhere anyone has access to a local workspace, wherever yeah. they live. And that's truly hybrid work in the sense of you respect that people want to relocate. You respect that some people live very far from the HQ. Yeah. And so you, you remove that equity problem by allowing anyone to have access to a local workspace. Yeah. And so there's a lot of like more, you know, thoughts around like okay what does it mean to have a local workspace but i think it's important to think about hybrid work not at just a few less days in the office it's really changing the the shifting the way we think about it it's not forcing people to go somewhere it's bringing the workplace to them yeah i I like that you know and and i think one of the uh, major uh major changes that we are going through right now is it's not just from where it's not just where we work from. It's the very concept of work is changing, right? I mean, um, historically, work was always associated with the the office coming to a place for everybody to congregate and you know perform whatever they needed to do. And now work has become more of the verb of you know actually producing value, regardless of where that value is created from, uh, whether it is in a Cody, uh, you know, a workspace, or in your home, or in the beach, or in the actual HQ uh, from a company. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned at the beginning in the intro of this of this uh, podcast that if a company chooses to uh, force their people to come back to the office, or if a company says we're going to go fully remote, or if it goes hybrid, there will always be trade-offs. And, you know, there are people that like working from the office and people who hate working from the office. There are people who, uh, you know, there are so many different ways of working. So what do you think are going to be some of those trade-offs that organizations will be dealing with when they make a determination of how they will be working? Great question. I think it's really about, I think all companies should first survey their employees. I can't talk for like, you know, not all companies are created equal and have the same type of people. It depends. If you have young workforce, then they're more likely to need to go to an office or like a workspace because they don't have the right conditions at home. And if you're talking about a more senior kind of uh, workforce, then uh, they may have a bigger house and may have a, bigger, a better home office. Yeah. So I think it's like surveying first the, the, the workforce, like your employees, making sure that you understand the breakdown and so that the needs are pretty different depending on the age and the living situation. And then designing the right policies so that those different needs are met and understood. Um, I think regardless of your age, nobody likes commuting and that yeah. needs to be taken into account, you know. Um, so how can you kind of design a policy so that everyone has access to a workspace within like 20 minutes commute or less? That's super important so that everyone feels heard and, and you know, uh, productive. Yeah. And then for those who don't want to leave home, then I think a stipend, a home office stipend is very important because those companies used to spend a lot of money on the office. And yeah. now it needs to be repurposed towards like the new workplace, which could yeah. be 
at home, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, home office type hands, I think is a great policy. Second is um, local workspaces for those who don't want to spend every day at home. And that's a majority of people. Yeah. And then as you choose a workspace, I think the next innovation to come is kind of a fractional office where you mm. don't pay for like full-time 24 seven because nobody needs that anymore but more like three days a week. And that's what we do at Cody. It's like we give access to companies for the number of days that they need um, on a regular basis. So it's your office, but like only for the days that you need. And yeah. I think that's pretty, it's pretty important. Yeah. And, and I think the bottom line here seems to be flexibility, right? I mean, less of a, of a, of a top down approach and more around how people want to work because you just mentioned three ways of working in the hybrid space, you know, people who want to come to the office, but maybe they don't want to come to the office every day. People who feel totally fine working from their own home, uh, but maybe they want to come to the office every now and then. And people who want to work hybrid, but they don't want to work from home. Uh, they want to work maybe for a dedicated office space for a certain period of time of the day or of the week. And, but at the end of the day, you know, it all boils down to giving the employee that flexibility to decide uh, what uh, what's best for them. Now, the one thing that always comes up here is, you know, uh, elements around collaboration, innovation that used to happen. I mean, there's the science doesn't say anything about the office being a better space for collaboration than than working high, you know, in a hybrid space, but it may have come more naturally just to be walking around and tapping somebody on the shoulder or, or just like, you know, uh, bumping into somebody in a hallway and just talking about a project, right? So how do you replace that, uh, you know, organic sort of a, a relationship building in the office when everybody's working remote, not remotely, but in a hybrid approach? How do you replace that? That's a, that's a, the most difficult challenge, I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, I'm all for hub and spoke model where it's when you, you have enough density of employees in a city or in a neighborhood, like then we can have like a little hub. It's yeah. your company hub and the local employees go there like every Tuesday and Wednesday, for instance, right? And so it's not necessarily for collaboration though, because you can't, you, you're never sure that those people who live in the same neighborhood or same city works in the same team. Typically yeah. they're not, right? Yeah. Uh, it's more for the culture. It's for the bonding, the culture, the sense of belonging, um, feeling that, yeah, you belong to that company. You go to that space, that's your work home. You know, that's your work hub and you can run into someone else from that company. And I think that's, that's ideal. Yeah. Uh, and for the leaders, I think that's very key. And as a founder, and um, I've talked with many different startups founders, that's really important is like, how can we maintain that culture and that, you know, motivation um, and feeling very attached to the brand and the company yeah. culture. That's super key. Now, when employees are very spread out and there's not enough density to do that, um, I think there needs also to be some virtual, uh, of course, like events and tools so that they feel involved and engaged as well. Yeah, you know, definitely they, they, they uh, agree with you that the biggest challenge uh, about these new ways of working, well, first of all, we have to reframe most of the things we used to do before uh, because remote used to be the exception and not the rule. And now it seems to be becoming more of the rule rather than the exception. That means that the way the ways we fostered collaboration in the past, innovation, those social interactions that build company culture, they generally happened around 
face-to-face -face encounters, meetings, and, and whether uh, for work purposes or social purposes, but they generally happen face-to-face. -face. And now we're dealing with a whole uh, set of different circumstances. Um, and I'm going to use this as a segue to ask you another question. Uh, when companies are building, I know you mentioned equity at the beginning, but when companies are reframing their processes, reframing their strategies, their policies to become more flexible, whether remote, hybrid, whatever it is, what do you think are uh, some critical uh, you know, elements that they, sh they should keep their eyes on to avoid the pain that those elements can bring when they are setting up this new work, work uh, approach? One thing that we notice nobody does, like very, very little, very few companies do that, is mapping out your employees, like mm. understanding where people actually live, because oh, we're talking yeah. <laughs> about physical space, right? And so to to be able to actually shape the workplace uh, structure, you need to know where people live. Like it's it's a shift in in the paradigm that people didn't have before, right? Before companies were just opening an HQ in New York and San Francisco, and we're like, we're hiring and you have to move. Yeah. That's not the case anymore, right? Yeah. And so I think uh, it can create a lot of problems for the company and for the employees not to look at employees' location. And we're still running into ourselves, like whenever we have a company coming to us, um, they don't really think about it. Like most companies are just like, oh yeah, we used to have an office there. Maybe let's see if there's other workspaces there. And the first question we ask is like, do you know where your employees live? Can we look at the map? Can we map it out for you? It's key because then you can create a successful workplace structure yeah. if you reduce commute and if you actually place the hubs in the right place, um, it will be more utilized and they will spend less money on a giant office space that is just going to sit empty because nobody lives there. You know? Yeah. Um, I think that's a, that's a really a shift that is something that the companies need to keep in mind now. And it's uh it's the opposite of how they used to think about workplace. Yeah. I, I like that you're mentioning that, by the way. I, I, I've, I have had, you know, dozens of conversations around hybrid workplace and nobody has mentioned to me as until now that you did that it's important to map out where people are living uh, because we want to make sure that if you end up by any chance hiring some uh, fractional on-demand workspace or if you end up creating a second smaller HQ somewhere, you gotta make sure that you're not gonna be forcing people to either move again to another place or to have longer commutes than they even originally had. So I think that yeah. is um, very good advice. P please, Christelle, you wanna add something? No, I was going to say you can completely be a remote first company, but offer access to local hubs. Yeah. That's yeah. not uh, you know, the opposite of remote work at all. It becomes an employee benefit and it's a great one yeah. because it's, I think it's a wrong assumption to think that everyone can work from home forever. Like, yeah. uh, and people have different live events that change their situation at home as well. Yeah. And so, yes, it's good to give a stipend, but like people need to go a step further and especially the companies that can afford it. Um, and as you said, like it's, it's more around looking at, okay, where do you live? Yeah. And can I create a hub where it makes actually sense for them? Yeah. I think there are two, you know, foundational uh, principles here that are, in my view, emerging from this conversation. Number one, flexibility, and we go back to that. Uh, and flexibility today may look different from flexibility in six months from now. And the second element is creativity. I mean, you just mentioned, you just said, 
you know, people working remotely don't have to be working from home all the time. You know, they can have a hub where they, uh, you know, uh, interact, congregate with each other and, you know, either hang out for social stuff or do some work together. And then they do whatever other ways they are uh, uh, working on. Um, so, Crystal, this has been a great conversation. I, I think lots of great insights here for the HR community, lots of great things to think about. Uh, so thank you so much for spending this time with me today. Thank you, Enrique. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. I will see you all soon. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.